Alright, making sure we're... Because if this doesn't record, we're done with this episode. Could you imagine if we had to drink like dogs? It'd <laughs> <laughs> be so funny. Because I drink like seven or eight bottles of water a day. And I'm just picturing me having to like lap it you're up. You're in a business meeting. You're super <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> <I'm> just like... <laughs> Good point. I don't know, Barbara. We might have to circle back on that. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Talk to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are going to discuss Tickled again. Because we had a tech up on the last one. Although when you texted me that, I was like, yes, because if oh any doc we had to repeat, it had to be this one. <laughs> it was several hours before I was like, all right, I got to just send it. <laughs> it's like, if she's going to be pissed at me, it's fine. We'll deal with it. I could literally never be pissed at you I, you <laughs> sent me that message and i laughed and i showed and i was like we get to do it again <laughs> so this will be our 10th episode <gasps> which is perfect because this is such an amazing documentary i literally so made my husband watch it all right so we watched this on amazon prime video Tickled is a 2016 New Zealand documentary about competitive endurance tickling videos, and it's not gay. (laughs) And the practices of those producing the videos, directed by David Ferrier, who is bisexual, but the videos are not gay. No, they're not gay. An entertainment journalist and Dylan Reeve, a television producer. The film explores possible legal and ethical issues with certain individuals making the videos, and has itself been the subject of legal challenges. A follow-up special, The Tickle King, (laughs) aired on HBO in February 2017. Haven't watched that one. I have not, but this... I feel like this was enough to deal with. I watched several times. It was that good. Under the working title, Tickle King, The Hunt for the Truth in Competitive Tickling, Farrier and Reeve raised... $29,570 New Zealand on Kickstarter in June 2014 intended primarily to cover the costs of the crew traveling to the United States for a week. The project also received funding from the New Zealand Film Commission, which I think is crazy. Yeah, because again, it was straight up legit. It was a good documentary. (laughs) And the film was screened at the January 2016 Sunday, Sunday, Sunday Sun- Film Fans Festival. Film Fanciful. <laughs> Sundance Film Festival, after which Magnolia Pictures picked, picked up the distribution rights and released it in the U.S. on June 17th, 2016. So let's get into this Much weird shit. Much times. <laughs> yeah. First off, I absolutely adore New Zealand, so this was delightful. Yes, I love there's a lot of Davids in that. We'll go over that now. I love the good David. <laughs> we meet David Ferrier, who has, quote, unquote, made a career out of looking at the weird and bizarre side of life. So already I'm on board. I want to know how you do that. His little clips are the best. <laughs> He's literally interviewing, like, cosplayers and yeah. stuff. And it is just perfect. He discovers some weird video online that leads to him discovering American company Jane O'Brien Media, where once a month they hold an event where young athletes from anywhere on the planet could apply. Red flags. 
If selected, they would get free flights to Los Angeles, four nights at a sweet-ass hotel, and $1,500 cash for an event called Competitive Endurance Tickling. I just want to say, like, when you're tickling, like, little kids, yeah, it's cute, like, adorable, whatever, like, their little giggles and stuff like that, whatever. But when adults are tickling other adults, there's, like, a... When they're holding each other down to tickle. It's... There's something very sexual behind that. Like... I definitely remember, like, being, you know, Is this going somewhere illegal? (laughs) (laughs) It's not going anywhere illegal. Okay. But, you know, like, I would almost consider, like, tickling as an adult to another adult or whatever, almost like a foreplay type thing. It's very, like... I don't understand tickling. First of all, like... Well, that's because you're not ticklish, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So I am extremely ticklish. Like, I will punch my child out <laughs> to escape being tickled. See, I that was... have hit my child in the process of escaping a tickle. That's <laughs> why I, I, maybe it's, that's why I don't understand why it's, like, so horrible. It is. Why it's, like, a torture technique. It is like torture. It is. Because t- to me, it's just, Horrible you're feeling. poking me. Why are you poking me? Yeah, no, I'm extremely ticklish. <laughs> and I'm ticklish in, like, places that, like, you wouldn't even expect someone to be ticklish. Like, I get so annoyed because he'll just, like, touch, like, I don't know, the back of my knee. And I'll be like, oh, my God, that tickles. Like, <laughs> like I will kick you in the dick to get away from being Like So... They show us a real team, and I say that with a big question mark. Sponsored. It wouldn't be so weird if they weren't wearing athleisure. Which, <laughs> what the fuck was that? And they don't even match. <laughs> no, they're different colors. They're all in red except for one guy in black, which I was like, is he the captain? Could they just put a C on his uniform? I don't... I say uniform roughly because it's like Adidas velour suits I yeah don't know. It's, it's like a it's like a short track suit type style it's like weird. it's just it's it's not a sports team uniform you think it is until he straps a gopro on his forehead and straddles this other guy tickling him while two more are tickling his feet and before you even say it the information sheet for the competition clearly said it's not gay there's nothing homosexual about this I gotta say, like, one dude chaining another dude down, it's leading some gay stuff, like. And they say the Facebook page is popular with thousands of likes when it was 22,784. <laughs> Which is... That's... <laughs> it's not, not as big as you'd like to think. No. When I hear thousands, I think way more than that. 100,000. 200,000. <laughs> like, 22,000? It's, it's not breathtaking. Uh, we see another scene from the video, and one of them is now in orange. And I was like, was it orange before? And I didn't realize in the sea of red. Maybe the film wasn't very clear. Is this just, just... a new guy? Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> I had a lot of questions. About the uniforms, yes. mostly. <laughs> that was we... what my focus was on. We need to know more about these uniforms. Why do they have uniforms? For tech, like tickling. It's literally just like tickling. And then I was like, well, what do the colors mean? Do they have a certain color? Is that their favorite color? Do they mean something for a certain position? Because I was set on this is a sports. I believed it. Are there other teams? <laughs> That's the <laughs> other thing. 
Uh, so now the guy in the black shirt is literally being shackled and being tickled, and they either need to wear black socks or wash their fucking feet. Yeah, it was disgusting. It was gross. It was like someone shuffling their feet around outside and then coming in. And, like, <laughs> and it didn't even seem like they were tickling him. It was so half-hearted. <laughs> he's just losing his mind from it. They're just like they just looked bored tickling him, like rubbing, like yeah. It was it was weird. That like, ah, ah, yeah. I was like, all right, <laughs> like, acting. Yeah, he's definitely acting. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't like it. It just made me uncomfortable. Anyway, David Ferrier decides to reach out to Jane O'Brien Media to try and get an interview with someone involved with the company, and he receives a surprising response. It was very unexpected. <laughs> Quote, not necessary. (laughs) Quote, to be brutally frank, association with a homosexual journalist is not something we will embrace. We desperately do not want a homosexual participant base applying for this project. My concern is that your journalistic style, fan base, and reputation in your own country. Regards, Debbie Kuhn, Jane O'Brien Media. Whoa. What a bitch. (laughs) And his voiceover response for this email... It was a strange response, especially considering the sport did seem slightly gay. <laughs> it was very much like people who, you know, when doth protest too much or whatever yeah. kind of thing. Like, like if you hate this so much, maybe it's because you secretly <laughs> are this. He received other emails with shitty smiley face emojis and basically just shit-talking gay people and how it's not accepted in all parts of the world and how you dare you live with another dude because this is definitely a super straight sport. Which well, it's weird because this is fucking the U.S. Apparently. Yeah, I was like, first off, you're allegedly in L.A. and you have a problem with gay people? Yeah. Like, Shut the fuck this up. This is like fucking North Korea, no. okay? <laughs> like... These emails said some really horrible shit. They that, use the F word. That's yeah, where I draw the line. It okay? made me uncomfortable for him. But all this hatred just backfires because David can't take any of the insults seriously when he's seeing the videos they're producing. So it just makes him more curious. Yeah. Like, I mean, if someone shits at me that much, I'm going to be... You're like, hiding something. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a journalist. Him. You don't mess with the journalist. No. So he gets his geeky friend Dylan to dig into this nightmare of a woman to figure out who she is and what exactly this company is all about. So while Jane O'Brien Media seems to be operating out of the U.S., it was owned by a company in Germany called Niederdietzen, who in turn owned nearly 300 domain names all related to tickling. Which... Most of them look like porn sites. <laughs> yeah, it was real. like ticklish soldier. And My just friend's weird... ticklish feet. Like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just, Seems yeah. legit. And I was shocked he was watching this smut right in front of his pet bird. Which was, was adorable. Disgusting. I love the bird. And the little bird with the kitty. Oh, <laughs> so cute. I want a bird. And the bird and the cat weren't fighting. Cartoons lied to us. I want a bird and a kitty. So he starts blogging about everything he's learned, which gets picked up on Reddit and on the podcast, The Dollop, which I remember hearing that episode. So it was like, oh yeah, I understand what's happening now. Yeah, that one backlash thing, like, just turned, it like spiraled. So all the excitement from people hearing about this guy's research is what led to him making this documentary. So that's the background of the initial discovery. The results of his simple Google search... Two weeks after his blog, he receives a letter from Jane O'Brien's New York attorney, Romeo Salta. That sounds fucking 
fake as shit. It does. <laughs> so, Romeo Salta is interesting. He was the attorney Luca Magnata went to after he killed that university student, Jun Lin. Luca was a huge piece of shit, and he's been covered in the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats and other podcasts. Yeah, that's just It's fine. Brutal. I don't really... We may cover one of them eventually. I don't know. The Don't Fuck With Cats was... Yeah, I didn't... A lot of self-righteous people. Yeah, that's not really my cup of tea. So, anyway, the letter David receives is basically a stop and decease notice. And then soon after, he receives an email telling him that legal action had been filed in the U.S. and that David needs to seek legal counsel in New Zealand and in the United States. Which ain't nobody got money for that. He's a fucking entertainment journalist in New Zealand. He can't even afford an attorney in his home country and he's got to find money to battle it out in American court. Which, let's be fair, like, that's where it's going to get real pricey. Because if anything, America is all about fucking legal fees. Yeah. And then he gets noticed that Jane O'Brien Media is flying three people across the globe from New York to New Zealand to see him. And this all seems so excessive for just one simple blog post and, and a like, weird video and, and he found. And inquiring email. Like, yeah. that, like, literally, that's it. He just sent an email and they're just, like, attacking him. We should all be constantly in and out of courts. <laughs> so Jane won't tell him what time or flight they're going to be arriving on, but at least tells him the day. So David hangs out at the airport holding a brightly designed sign welcoming them. Which is so sweet. Like, just adorable. And in fact, three weird dudes do show up. And I think their names were Marco, Kevin, and Adam. Adam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like some three random guys get off a plane. And I don't even know how he knew that, like, those were the people. Like, it was just so, I like. I think they acknowledged the sign because it said, like. The they must have. Because... Jane O'Brien Media or something. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I mean, otherwise, these guys just look like weirdos. Yeah. Uh, then one of them sees the camera and says, is that rolling? I'd rather you tell me first, which, bitch, how did you miss the camera? <laughs> it's huge. It wasn't like some tiny it's little... It's not hidden camera, camera prank camera. show. Yeah. And then it why was... would they be holding up a camera if they weren't filming? It was literally like, I mean, it was like a movie camera. Yes. Like on some person's like shoulder. Is that a camera? Basically. Are you filming? Yeah. No, just holding it. Yeah. And also, he's meeting you. When you're trying to sue him, like, why wouldn't he show up with something to record what's going to happen? Yeah, like, he, he might need a little bit of, like, evidence. That one guy is such an asshole. Like, we're going to have a good time. It, or, we're not going to have a good time if you don't tell me what you're doing. He doesn't have to because it's very evident you're in front of your eyes. You're trying to sue him. They're not going to have a good time. Oh, no, exactly. Like, And you're in his country. I can't imagine you coming over and telling me that I need to take down my security cameras or we're not going to have a good time. And like he says, it's legal in, in like public places in New Zealand. Yeah. So like I can do what I'd like. And the guy's like, you're not treating me with respect. And David's like, okay, well we can film in a public place and we're doing a documentary. So yeah, there's like nothing res- disrespectful about that. No. Like at all. One of the guys doesn't seem too bad. He seems to just be going with whatever the one douchebag says. He's very calm and nice and explaining. He's very friendly. He, like, yeah. asks if he can keep the sign. Just a vast like... difference from this other guy. They'll agree to meet up with David and Dylan, but insist on no cameras. 
So David's smart and decides to just bring in a voice recording device. Uh, the three guys are uncomfortable with the documentary because they can't control what the spin would be. Which, yeah, that's kind of how an investigative documentary is about. Yeah, or just like any, like you can't control the spin on anybody's opinions about no. anything. Like that's kind of how free thought think. Like, and then we find out they have nothing to do with the legal matters. Which I was like, then why the fuck are you here? This could have been done over Skype or something and save your client thousands of dollars. And why did they need to fly first class? What are they doing there? I feel like it was just like a show of power. I guess. They just want this matter to be handled in a positive way, even though Jane sent them super derogatory emails calling them the F word. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing nice about that. Like, you, once you've, once you've thrown out the F word, like, yeah. game over, man. And admit that they've never even met Jane and advise them to just take the lawsuit seriously. Which is weird, because, like, you've never met your boss and you don't think that's weird? Yeah. Again, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, like... This like, could have been done over Skype and email. You've never, you've never met your boss who has flown you to New Zealand first class and you don't find that suspicious. They're telling these guys that, hey, we've been getting emails every day from this Jane person and the asshole dude snaps at him, you started this. Like, okay, are you a child or a legal representative? He literally, like, <laughs> he literally like, reached out and asked a question. Like, that does not equate to like verbal abuse okay? <laughs> and I like he's like you attacked us in an airport and sidewinded us when he literally showed up with a sign welcoming you into his country yeah it's just a very sweet thing to do like, the like, way that okay. guy was talking like, i thought he was gonna flip a table and attack him or something because it <laughs> just went was... zero to 60 i feel like quick. there was probably spit flying from his mouth like that guy had some anger issues he really did i was worried he might have a heart attack so oh kevin kevin the asshole says he wants nothing to do with dylan but will meet david alone so david's like fuck you and hides a camera in a coffee cup to meet up with him there's a lot of crotch shots <laughs> and subtle threats just, right away. It was definitely just like staring <laughs> at this like douchebags. Just crotch and dad jeans. Yeah, dad jeans. At this point, David wants to throw in the towel, but Dylan isn't phased by these bullies. David wants to remind us that all of these threats are over competitive tickling videos. Yeah, he literally just reached <laughs> out to ask a question, and, like, now he's got, like, the full force of a legal team, <laughs> and, like, people making veiled threats against his life, like, just, all he had, he's just a question, like, hey, what's up with this? Yes. And they're just like, fuck you, man, like, we're gonna sue you, and we're gonna send people across the country. David and Dylan fly to America because why is this company with so much money being so aggressive? It would be way cheaper to just hire a PR company to deal with this. And they find out there may be a tickling shoot the week that they're there. Which, like, super convenient. <laughs> they reach out to hundreds of guys in the videos and none of them agree to meet up with them because they're nervous. Which, what does this company have on them? But TJ agrees to meet up. He met up with Kevin Clark somewhere in L.A. and says he seemed completely normal and agreed to pay him $2,000. So TJ shows up for the shoot and is shocked to see a room full of dudes. And then is even more shocked when he is chained up. Which, like, that, I would be out. Like, I don't yeah. care how much you're paying me. But again, like, I don't, 
maybe it's just because like I'm a woman and like this guy is like a fit athletic younger yeah. dude like maybe he doesn't have that kind of fear but dude if someone brings out like handcuffs or like chains or anything like that like I'm fucking like I'm out and I'm calling the cops <laughs> but his family's desperate for money so he feels like he needs to do this he was like I'm already here, so let's just get this over with and hope it never gets out. Kevin Clark initially told him it was going to be a torture project for the military. Which sounds sus. You know, using tickling as a military torture. Which would work on me. I would definitely spill any government secrets, but seems kind of suspect. Like, I don't... But instead, he's chained up with four dudes on top of him tickling him totally normal not at all gay <laughs> tj said one was an mma fighter and a couple were actors he had seen in commercials and eventually after googling his name like i guess a couple years later i think he said that he did it pretty regularly because he was yeah he know, was trying, trying out, out for like, like football teams and yeah, stuff and so he would just see like you know so he googled his own name and he finds the fucking video on youtube not cool at all so he emails Jane requesting the video be taken down and never receives a reply. So he could, decides to go to YouTube and tells them that they're illegally using his name and YouTube agrees to take it down. And suddenly Jane figures out how to use her email and gets in touch with him and immediately starts to threaten him and starts reposting the video not only on YouTube, but everywhere. Which is just like such a teenage girl tactic it's like a bad breakup instead of a legitimate company that's just i mean it's so insane to me that this is like their idea like retaliation as a company that's not cool Well, and then the icing on the cake is they dox him they post his address his email address phone number where he worked like everything not cool like super just complete psycho shit And then dear old Debbie sends emails to the high school he coaches at and tells him that TJ is a sexual predator, a drug addict, and an openly gay man, all of which he denies. Dude, what is up with all the homophobia shit? I'm telling you, it is one of those situations where, like, you, like, someone who is so against something, like, you just, in the back of your head, you're like, are you sure that it's not just, like... Because you're upset that you... Is it like son- senators who are all about, like, family first, and then they find out they had an affair? <laughs> exactly. No, it really is. It's like that whole, like... Or, like, people who are like, you're cheating on me, and then, like, and it turns because, out, yeah. yeah, they're cheating. It's, it really is. It's like the pot calling the kettle. Like, I just... I. But all of this hatred towards him is just because he didn't want his name associated with the videos... If they didn't post his name, probably none of this would have happened. Which is weird, too, because, like, when you post things, like, you don't need to include the person's, like, it was just a tickling video. You don't need the guy's name in it. It's insane. This poor guy can't find work with football teams because they don't want to have to deal with the attention these videos would bring. So now it makes sense why no one wants to come forward to talk. Yeah, because suddenly there's a lot of backlash against you. and. You're literally being attacked. Yeah. Dylan's been doing some research and thinks he knows where the next shoot is. <laughs> this part was just... 
they like how they're just like hanging out in the car. Yeah. They stake out the studio in hopes of figuring out how it works. They see four guys walk in and the guy is from the airport. Yeah. Which again, nothing gay about this. Oh, it was literally it was, a at this like point, I want to know sweaty middle-aged man and four like super fit young dudes. I was like, I want to know who the fuck these guys are. And for hours, David and Dylan are in their car, and they can hear laughter coming from this weird-looking building. Which, if I was walking by, I would be so creeped out. Yeah, it looked like an abandoned warehouse. And just hear giggling coming from it. It's like it was weird. It very much like super creepy. Like some middle-aged dude who's like kind of sweaty and like at least this was during the day i think at night if you're walking by and just (laughs) yeah it's just fucking weird so weird best part is they're doing this weird creepy thing with laughter coming out of a building this middle-aged dude surrounded by these young dudes and not only do they not lock the doors the doors are open (laughs) and they have a fan in front of it because it gets real hot in there i'm sure so david and his guys grab a camera and head for the building which the airport guys are not happy with. No, they see them approaching and are immediately yeah. like... This is when they decide we should lock the doors. No, we're calling the cops. <laughs> David and Dylan are kind of at the point where they don't know what to do. No one wants to talk to them. And they're concerned that if they keep pushing it, these young guys are going to be the ones who are punished. David is convinced that the tickling isn't a real sport. No, no shit, shit. Sherlock. <laughs> So he finds a guy in Florida who also makes tickling videos and is more than happy to discuss it with them. That's because his tickling videos are a little different. Yeah. Uh, Richard Ivey seems much more normal. He describes tickling as torture, but not near as severe as, say, flogging would be, and admits that, yeah, it's fetish videos. Yeah, which, duh. So first, I'll admit I was creeped out by tickling fetish, but to see how Richard handles it and the way he describes it, I'm fine about it. Yeah, it's just he like doesn't a, make it weird. Yeah, he's just like some totally normal dude who's just like, yeah, some people like feet. I like tickling. Yeah. He explains how he got into it and shows us around his home studio, and it's just easier to understand when you have someone being level about it and not threatening people's lives. Yeah, or you know. And he's so successful with this. He's able to have his home and then this other home that he uses exclusively to make these videos. Yeah, he's literally supporting himself completely in, like, Orlando, Florida or whatever. Just Just making videos. Making videos. And then the people involved with these videos for Richard seem so relaxed and they're willing to talk about it. It's because they're not being threatened. It's such a stark difference. And Richard must be an expert tickler because this dude was wheezing from laughter. He was, like, legit Much different than that initial video we saw. Oh, yeah. Like, this (laughs) this guy was, like, some serious, like, I thought he was going to stop breathing. (laughs) (laughs) So he discovered the tickling community in the 90s on AOL. Oh, the 90s. Uh, I also discovered a lot of things in the 90s on AOL. (laughs) He came into contact with a woman named Terry DeSisto, or Terry Tickle. I hate that name. <laughs> I'm going to start going by it. Hi, I'm Terry Tickle. She has pictures of herself, and she's this pretty blonde who looks college age. Yeah, and it is not erotic like, for her. <laughs> she, she reminds me of, like, Kelly from Married with Children. Yeah. She's definitely, she's got, like, the bangs and everything. 
she's not it's not erotic for her she's just a big fan they find her old casting (laughs) yeah they find her old casting agent dave star and he describes her as some strange rich brat and this dude I is... I mean, she literally has a casting agent for, like, <laughs> casting tickling videos. That is such a weird concept. This dude is like, she's an extreme dominatrix who obviously was getting up off on dudes being tied up and tickled. He was under the impression these videos would be for Terry's private collection, which is weird because he just described getting in touch with Terry after finding videos she posted online. Which were very much like the 90s, like, videos that you see, like... <laughs> They were like dudes in college dorms, like tickling yeah. each other. It was just very amateur. After a few years, Terry goes down the Jane route of registering domains and the actors' names and releasing the videos there without consent and harassing the actors, which upset casting agent Dave Starr. So Dave Starr stops hiring actors, and Terry flips the fuck out, sends him letters and postcards, and calling everyone he knows and Harry, leaving voicemails. And I love that he saved all these letters from Terry that just so, show so much abuse. We find out she's super anti-Semitic, and he receives so many letters, he didn't even open up all of them. Just sending him birthday cards, mocking so the death of his brother. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened in your life to make you think that's okay? It just, like, hairy, horny, and hook-nosed. Yeah. Like, I... And, like, that was, like, her tagline. Like, she would use that for, like, all of the insults against him. And just, like, I can't imagine a situation where I'm just so hateful towards someone that I'm, like, mocking a dead sibling. Yeah. And just, like, I just, I don't know. It's it's fucking weird. But she definitely sounds like our previous friend, Jane. We meet Hal Carp. Bad names. A journalist who tried looking into Terry in the 90s. He fills us in on the abuse Terry would cause, and even at one point threatening a young guy in college, which leads us to Deborah Skoblyankov, who wrote an article detailing the attack on the kid. So this 19-year-old wanted to distance himself from Terry because he was moving to go to college. Terry wasn't cool with this. She basically took down Drexel University's email service and email bombed the White House and made it all look like it was coming from this kid. The kid posts online asking for help dealing with Terry and somehow gets sent a zip file. He forwards that to Hal, and Hal opens it and discovers it's a copy of Terry's hard drive. Insane. Which is so weird. Like, where did this come from? Like, who sent this to him? Not only that, we discover the true identity of Terry. Remember that old thing of not trusting who you're talking to online because that young, attractive woman might be a middle-aged dude? David D'Amato from New York City (laughs) was a fucking assistant principal. Which is disgusting. He's harassing and sexualizing these young boys, and he's in charge of shaping young lives. It's disgusting. The creepy part is he worked at eight schools in ten years. Which, not suspicious at all. Heads up, that is definitely a red flag. If someone is moving around that much, it's because they have something to hide. Yeah, it's like the nurses who keep going to all these different hospitals, and it's like, why is it? Oh, Uh, they're killing patients. Yeah, (laughs) they're killing people. Hal finds all these social security numbers tied to Terry that have come from deceased people, so he takes all the information he's discovered and passes it on to the FBI. Within a week... Terry David, 
Michael Cole, Terry David, <laughs> is arrested. And the arrest picture looks exactly like you would expect this guy to look. Yeah. Fucking creepy. So all the horrible stuff he's done, and he was sentenced to six months in order to serve his time at a halfway house while he attended law school. And he's not restricted from internet access. I The idea that like you would get in trouble like legally for something, and you would be allowed to go to law school. Yeah. Just like... Okay, that seems normal, right? It helps to have a dad who's a fancy lawyer at a nice firm. However, the law school wasn't cool with this guy, so he spent the rest of his sentence in prison. Terry's been sending emails to Dave Starr saying she couldn't do any videos herself because she had mono, which these guys fucking figure out meant that it was really David D'Amato emailing Dave Starr from prison. Mono, prison sentence, same thing. Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't think anyone, like, goes to the hospital with mono for that long. I just, yeah, I'm in a hospital with mono, and it's like, no, you're in prison. That's... <laughs> same, same thing. Terry Tickle seemingly disappeared from the internet in 2006, and soon after, Jane O'Brien shows up. David D'Amato seems to have figured out David and Dylan are getting too close, so he hires private investigators in the U.S. and New Zealand. And he has nothing to do with Jane O'Brien. He hires a lawyer in New Zealand, and all these legal threats start up again. So it's time to head to Michigan for another tickling operation run by Jane. And the young guys involved with this one are getting death threats not to come forward. Which, just like, how do you get from tickling to death threats? Yeah, once again, this started off just over a random tickling video David stumbled upon. Like, just not responded like it's not a big insane. deal and it's super obvious why this area is targeted it's on the poor side so any young adult is going to jump at the chance to make a couple thousand dollars for some easy work and they don't even have to take the clothes off i'm in my 30s and i'd absolutely agree to do tickling videos for a thousand dollars i do feet videos i don't care i get to keep my clothes on don't Nothing's have anything inserted in me, in me yeah. and i make easy money fuck yeah Oh, totally. He offered one guy $30,000 and a new car. I would jump at that chance, guys. I'll take $1,000 step on raw eggs while you tickle me. (laughs) I don't care. So she pitches it to this guy, Jordan, who's an MMA fighter, that this could be like MMA, but to break out of submission, you need to tickle. Oh, and I'm going to get punched in the face. We're going to make these videos of you wrestling with this other dude on a bed in a hotel room. With seems, no sheets. Like, that was legit. the weirdest part to me. Like, the whole, like, taking the sheets off the beds in the motel room made it much dirty. seedier. It made it dirty. <laughs> Young people are so naive. Speaking with Jordan, we find out that not only is there another... Not only is there an operation in L.A. and Michigan, they're all over the states. Ohio, Florida, New York, and in other countries. Which is mind-blowing. Like... The idea that there are people all over the world getting paid to be tickled and then blackmailed. David says what we're all thinking. Fucking hell. (laughs) And I say young guys and young people, but some of the ones involved with these videos were underage. Yeah, which is just, I mean, I know that they were not nude, but it's still very criminal Yeah. So releasing these videos online completely ruined these young lives. David lets Jordan know that Jane isn't even real, and it's all been controlled by D'Amato and 
Jordan's completely shocked to the point that the camera's like on the other side of the room and you could still see his hand shaking. Yeah, it's fucking mind blowing and the whole thing is just weird. And now we're going to New York to find D'Amato. David and Dylan are insane to go to these northern states in the winter. Like, you're from beautiful, sunny New Zealand. Why do you do this to yourself? Like, do you know how to drive on ice? Like, why do you leave your summer to come to winter? Why? And at this point, Dylan looks just worn out. Yeah, he looks exhausted. Down. They track him down to where he lives, but can't, in the, can't get into contact with him. So they decide to follow a money trail. He has no income, and yet he can afford to spend all this money on these kids. He's, he's had to spend like, millions. Yeah, and he's living like some, like, basically a penthouse in some building yeah. in New Jersey. Like Everyone man. they come into contact with tell David they can't comment on D'Amato and to just stay as far away from him as they can. They figure out what kind of car he has and go on a stakeout waiting for him to leave his house for days. <laughs> Don't fuck with journalists. No, it's real dedication. <clears throat> And they spot him. And of course he's going to a Starbucks. And I was like, all this money and you're going to Starbucks? I'm going to have someone go for me. And like, <laughs> Uber it. Like, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you never have to leave your house. And they talk to him and he responds like a total Karen. I'm going to call INS on you because you're here on a tourist visa. Which, no, they're, they're on a journalist visa. And then just instead goes on to more legal threats. Yeah, he just seemed like a real we're at another standstill david decides to go back to the original documents he had that listed all the domains jane had registered and shockingly it has damato's name listed several times and he's the one who registered for the german company niederdietzen and the private investigators hired by damato had the same address as jane o'brien which kind of suspicious and all the money he has inherited millions from his parents they go to talk to Romeo Salta who says he only sent them the one desist letter and yet they showed him that they've received several from Jane O'Brien and company, they show his office being... listing Salta's address as their headquarter which creeped him out which I, I honestly I thought that he would have been more like what the fuck yeah it seemed like a bad idea to use a lawyer's address as your own when you're sending out threatening me emails, but he really, he seems creeped out, but not anchored by it. I would have been like, I'm going to get right on this. Yeah. Ah, money makes people weird. They get into contact with D'Amato's stepmother, who has nothing to do with him, and is flabbergasted to learn he's back into the tickling stuff. Which is funny, because like, they're like, did you know he's back at the tickling? And she's like, oh, like, when did he start again? And they're like, he never stops. So, yeah. Okay, well, then he never, like, he's not back he in the tickling. He's doing he's, like, it in, in it. prison. Yeah, like, bro never quit. Uh, she hits the nail on the head. She describes him as teetering between genius and insanity. I just don't understand why you would spend all your time just harassing people and destroying lives. But, I mean, he was an only child. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, he, it's like a power play kind of thing. It's like, no offense to only child, but from my experience, you kind of grow up on a much looser leash. Yeah, 
you do a lot of shit that maybe you shouldn't have, and you get away with it because you're an only child. Then you throw money, bullying, and a mama's boy on top of that, and holy fuck. He was doomed from the start. Yeah. And then just hearing his stepmother repeating how scared she was of him was sad. I mean, because he's a monster. Like, he literally will ruin your life just because he wants to. So, despite impersonating lawyers, creating fake identities, and harassing countless young men, D'Amato has basically gotten off scot-free his whole life, except for that small stint for two misdemeanor charges of computer fraud and abuse. Never mind the whole stolen identities, and, you know, threatening people, and just, you know, lots of other things. All of this, and at the completion of the film... He had an office in a Long Island law firm and was working as their senior legal consultant. Yeah, so apparently he got that law degree. Like, he's a criminal, but hey. Jane and Debbie disappeared, but Jane O'Brien Media still run competitive endurance tickling shoots all over. And after they tracked him down in person and had him on camera, the legal correspondence stopped. For now, let's get into that. After the premiere screening at Sundance in March 2016, D'Amato filed a federal lawsuit against the filmmakers for making false accusations, including the implication that D'Amato used extortion and abused minors, and stating that D'Amato had no relationship with O'Brien Media. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm a millionaire. In response, David Ferrier told the Salt Lake Tribune that given the number of hollow legal threats we face during the making of it, it's almost refreshing to see a real case being filed by real lawyers. In June so 20 how can you know? <laughs> In June 2016, Kevin Clark of O'Brien Media, the guy who screamed at him, created a website to counter the documentary. D'Amato attended the June 18, 2016 screening at the Newart Theater in Los Angeles. And confronted Dylan Reed saying, you need to lawyer up. You need to get criminal counsel. Clark argued with Reed during a public question and answer session after the film saying, this piece, this film is a piece of garbage full of lies. Release the audio tapes that show you're lying. And if you don't release it, it's the same as admitting you're lying. (laughs) What audio tapes? Yeah. Because I see a lot of audio tapes and they show that you're a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. D'Amato filed a $40 million defamation and slander lawsuit in Nassau County Court alleging that his stepmother, Dorothy D'Amato, made statements in the film with the intention to injure his business, causing mental distress. What business? His business of, like, hiring weird young dudes to tickle? Like, it's fucking suspicious. Like, that's not a business. No. D'Amato died at age 55 on... March 13, 2017, the filmmakers posted a statement on their website that they were incredibly sad to learn of it and asking that his death be treated with respect. And that's it. He died of a heart attack, didn't he? I don't know. I don't care to look into it. He looked like like he would have died of a heart attack. He's dead. He's not harassing people anymore. It's just... uh, It's bonkers. It's disgusting. It is... (laughs) absolutely disgusting this idea that like because he's white and he has money that he can just Mm -hmm. get away with ruining people's lives and basically like i mean it's not even ruining people's lives it's these teenagers and young adults like just destroying them over like they just needed money it was 
been. That and, like, the whole, like, they had clothes on. There was not necessarily anything sexual about it, but it was, like, the equivalent of porn. Yeah. Because, like, I think that when you see those videos, there's definitely, like, a sexual vibe to them. It's softcore. It is. It's, like, softcore porn. And, like you said, some of these people were not of age. No. And... I feel like there, there should have been legal repercussions for that because you can't just make softcore porn and then, like, also threaten the young boys yeah. in the videos. Like, it, it's just gross. That's why they should get angry because, yeah, he basically got away with all of it. Yeah, because he's white and he had money. It just... That and, like, I mean, he stole people's identities. Yeah. And he didn't get any kind of charges for that. No. Like, just, again, it goes back to the whole, like, there are people who have done lesser offenses, who have hurt less, you know, or, like, not, not hurt other people and only hurt themselves or whatever. And, like, they're spending years and years and years in prison. And this dude got to get his fucking law degree. And well, not only that, he didn't get, like, computer privileges taken away. Yeah. Like, just. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, even, even the fire guy, like, wasn't allowed to, like... Yeah, he's not allowed to be, like, a CEO anymore. Yeah, like, there's at least, like, one repercussion. Did he serve enough time? No. Did, like, he get enough, like, justice or whatever? Like, no, like, you know, he still got away with a lot. But at least, like, he had some kind of repercussion. Yeah. This guy literally was just, like, at in the hospital with mono basically and like wink wink yeah still still making tickling videos yeah he would just pick a new name and start over yeah it's just it's it's weird like the whole thing but like and you go into it thinking like it's gonna be some weird like competitive tickling and then you think it's gonna be like some weird yeah because i was like okay what is this sport and i was so confused until i heard that dollop clip and i was like Oh my god, I know what this is now. <laughs> it's a fucking porn. Yeah. And then it's like some kind of secret like kingpin type thing. Like yeah. it just there were so many like aspects of it and like every time you thought you had it figured out, there was another twist and you're just like, Oh shit. Oh god, what's happening now? And I was like, like, I know this has to be a guy. I didn't expect him to see some like rich dude in New York who works at like a law firm. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, you get totally, like, sideswiped. It's just, it's completely out there. And like I said, like, this is the one documentary that I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have to get my husband to watch this. <laughs> and I, like, pestered him until he watched it. And I, I, like, watched this several times because it's such an out there, like, you just don't expect the outcome. Because I was just like, Oh, it's some weird tickling, like competitive thing, and then like, no, it's a fetish. No, it's some my weird dude was... blackmailing people. Why Adidas <sighs> for the outfits? That like did they sponsor them? Like, is it to make it seem more legit? But why pick Adidas? But also, like, are there a, like to be a sport? There have to be like other teams that you're competing against and how do you even measure like who's winning in yeah, a tickle I can't imagine, competition like, them like, holding up a scorecard yeah i mean it's just that's what's so weird to me is like how do you make tickling a sport it's not like bobsled or like um what what is it like um fucking 
shuffling, like the they're the they're, curling. Yeah, curling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, curling. I mean, there are a lot of fucking weird sports out there. Side note: Have you seen the U.S. men's curling team? I have not. They look like straight up middle aged dads. It's so funny. I... <laughs> Sorry, that distracted me. I saw that picture today. I feel like I feel like curling is like a middle aged dad sport. Oh my god, I love watching it though. It's so weird. Like I just but what I'm saying is like there's so many like weird sports out there that you're like, okay, like it's weird. Maybe. But it works because like I mean bobsled, like at least you're competing like somehow, like whether it's timing or like Getting you know, John Candy to get the team together. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, like, they're, like, shooting. There's, like, an end goal or something. Like, you can have a sport out of almost anything. But, like, tickling? Like, what the fuck is the competition? First one to piss loses? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, if you can, like, go so long without laughing. But they're all laughing so hard. Well, not fake. only that, like, they're tied up so they can't tap out. <laughs> it's just. It's so weird. There's no end to it. Like, you just, I don't know how you pretend that's a sport. <laughs> like, I just. I guess with, you know, Jane coming out saying it's not homosexual, then that's going to be where people are like, okay, she's right. It's not. Like, you can make anything like a competition except for tickling. Like, how do you, like. You are losing your mind. <laughs> Oh, I would win. (laughs) You could do that. Like, who naps the longest? But then it's, like, weird because it's, like, are you sleeping or are you just closing your eyes? Am I cheating because I have narcolepsy? Absolutely. (laughs) That is a (laughs) performance-enhancing syndrome. (laughs) That would be the only sport. You, You definitely have to check for a weed in the system. Other than that, go ahead. Oh, oh my god, but seriously, just competitive bake-off, like, tea-making, like, glass Origami. Origami. <laughs> you can make you anything. You paper cuts. <laughs> anything into a goddamn sport. <laughs> Except for tickling. They had track seats. It's legit. Fucking <laughs> Adidas. I want to know how they felt about that. That was my one question. Yeah. <laughs> Did they reach out to Adidas? Can we can we use your uniforms <laughs> and like? No, I mean like David Ferrier be like, hey, you have a comment about this? <laughs> how do you feel about it? Then maybe action would have been taken against this guy. <laughs> yeah, and the big company shutting us down. <laughs> we do not allow your using our your weird tickle thing yeah just like we're gonna have to like not allow our brand on camera (laughs) i'm sorry (sighs) we done you done you got it all out (laughs) yeah because i can't breathe (laughs) all right so uh yeah if you haven't already listened to the dollop episode that covered this because it goes a little more in depth on it um we're just covering what's presented in the documentary. I want to say it was episode three. It was super long ago. 
But yeah, thanks for joining us this week. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter or email us at drbpod at gmail.com if you have any other suggestions. Bye. Bye. Bye.